0: Uh, victory life uh, academy football game and what's your name buddy? Chase Williams. Chase Williams. Chase Williams I saw him with his uh, broken foot and everything over there at the concession stand way right over there and uh, and we just walked up to him me, and me my daughter and uh, we just prayed for him and his friends here were also praying for him and, and well, just tell what happened dude. Well he asked if he could pray for me and He grabbed hold of my foot, started praying, and I could just feel it. I could feel it going through me, and they took my crutches away, and I started walking. It's awesome. Cool. And there's no pain, right? No pain. It's awesome. So, God's good. It's awesome, dude. Awesome, guys. You guys saw the testimony of what happened to that kid. Um, It was a really awesome story. Um, You know, God's been really good. couple things you know it was, it was pretty crazy you know I, I was praying for the guy and and whenever we sat there after I prayed for him I said hey man um what was your pain before I started praying he goes hey I said what is it right now And he goes nothing and so then he puts his foot down and he starts to stand on it and he, he starts to move it and he feels some popping and uh we prayed a couple more times to make sure some pain was gone and after that you know his mom wanted him to go ahead and just keep doing the crutches until he go see the doctor and I told him, said, you know, you honor your mom and do what she asked you to do but you know God's good and God's word triumphs over our experience, over our understanding and his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts are higher than ours and so I just want to kind of encourage you there's another story um, this uh, older gentleman comes to see me at the store all the time and I started telling him all the stories about what God was doing and uh, testimonies and stuff, and he goes, man, Zach, um, I got pain in my shoulder, and, uh, could you pray for that? So I went ahead and prayed for him, and uh, he told me that his grandson had pain in his shoulder, too, so I prayed for that. Well, we ended up, um, uh, as time goes by, a couple, uh, four days later, he comes back in the store, and, uh, he requests me, and he waits like 15 minutes for me, or longer, and uh, I come back from lunch, I wasn't even in the store, and he comes in, and he goes, hey, Zach, um, uh, I just need some help. And he goes, okay. So he he pulled up his phone and he said, um, I just need you to show me where um, where the YouTube app is, like you're talking about the other day, where I can watch those testimonies. I was at home and I'm thinking, that's what you came in for. <laughs> it was awesome. He yeah, goes, so I showed him and and then he goes, you know, Zach, you prayed for me four days ago and uh, for four nights I didn't have any pain. while I slept in my shoulder, was, you know, and I felt this when you prayed for me. I felt this uh, warmth inside my shoulder and. Uh, but right now it's causing me some pain. So I went ahead and prayed for his shoulder again. And then he said, Man, Zach, could you pray for my friend? He's got cancer in his bones. I said, Yeah, sure. And uh, then he had me pray for his wife's wrists. And, you know, we were all done and praying and stuff. And I said, Man, uh, well, is there anything I can do on your account? Is there what, what did you need me to do? He goes, No, that's all I came here for. <laughs> I was like, Wow, man. You guys coming up to the store just to get prayed for. Um, it, it's awesome. Well,. Uh, two days later, I get a phone call. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and play the the clip of what he said on that YouTube. I mean, on that that voicemail. Hi, Zach. Hey, I'm the guy with the cancer. I just spoke with his wife. I missed him this morning. He actually went to work today again. For the last two days, he's been walking without a Wheel, uh, A walker or using a cane, he is now walking upright. According to the wife, they couldn't believe it. He has no pain at this point. Immediately, they couldn't figure out what was happening. The pain went away, and he started walking. So they knew something was happening. That's what's happening right now, and I'm still kicking. So that's the main thing. My arm is feeling a lot better also. So I think you got another one there, bud. So anyway, that's awesome. It's so awesome. Some good testimonies. And, you know, sometimes we get discouraged. You know, sometimes we don't see things happen. Um, You know, sometimes we pray for somebody and uh, and maybe we don't see them get healed. Or or maybe we see, uh, or maybe we're waiting on something. You know, I mean... Some people, they just pray that, that one prayer. They say, well, whatever God's will is, we'll just pray for whatever God's will is, and whatever happens, happens, and we know that's from God. You know, I really believe that um, that type of teaching, that kind of doctrine, is the most dangerous doctrine, uh, the most uh, faithless doctrine. Uh, it doesn't build anybody's faith up. Actually, I think it really destroys our faith. And so I'm going to kind of talk about that a little bit today. Um, it really kills our faith um, when we say that everything that happens, you know, is is for a reason. That whatever happens is God's will. That basically saying that fate is God's will. And uh, they get it from different passages like um, uh, Genesis chapter 50, uh, verse 20, where where Joseph was thrown into slavery and by his brothers, and then. Uh, Eventually, Joseph becomes the second in command of all of Egypt. And this is what he tells his brother. He says, as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and you little ones. Thus, he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. And so people think that it was like God's will that that Joseph was thrown into slavery and uh, so on and so forth. Um, but I'm going to tell you right now, man, God, did, Joseph did not have to go into slavery to be able to be positioned by God in a place where he could interpret Pharaoh's dream. He, there, there's God could use a ton of different ways to do it. The point is and that God willed for him to be thrown into slavery, and that God willed that he would be wrongly accused of trying to sleep with Potiphar's wife so that he would be thrown into prison, that wasn't any of that was God's will. God's will was that many would be delivered. That's why he gave um, Joseph a dream, okay? Well, then Joseph, I believe, out of his arrogance, spoke too early about that dream to his brothers, and his brothers tried uh, um, to destroy that dream, okay? And that's the truth. That was what their intention was, to destroy the dream. Uh, that's the devil's purpose. When you have a dream, God, the devil wants to destroy your dream. Uh, the thing that's been put inside your heart by God. He wants to destroy it. You all need to get this. The devil wants to destroy the dream that God has put inside you. But this is what Joseph said. He said what you meant for evil. God intended for good so the point isn't that God willed that those evil things happen to Joseph the point was God was able to work through those things and redeem the situation and overcome the situation but how many times do we just accept defeat and we just say well this must be my cross to bear or well I'm just suffering for Jesus or whatever you know um, because we just kind of lay down and, and let things just happen. And we don't ever take a stand for victory and, and move forward with God. Um, and so that's the danger. Is that the, the devil wants to take us away from those dreams. Um, he wants to take us away from the word that God's given us for our life and to destroy us. And that was the intention of the brothers. The brothers were trying, they originally wanted to kill Joseph. So his their intention was to destroy Joseph, not... To promote him but God's intention was to promote Joseph and to put him in a place where he could speak to the Pharaoh and so because Joseph was faithful with everything he did to honor God and all things God was able to use that and was able to still promote him even though what was intended for him was evil God was able to turn the heart turn what Joseph was doing into good um, and, and the scripture that is perfectly lines up with that is Romans eight twenty eight, and we know that those who love God, uh, that for those who, who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to His purpose, for those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, in order that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom He predestined, He also called; and those whom He called, He also justified; and those whom He justified, He also glorified. So, um, the point is that God is able to take every bad situation and turn it around for those who love Him. The reason why is because when we love God, we humble ourselves before Him, and then God gives us grace. So, it's very easy for God to move through a man who loves Him because He'll humble Himself before God. All right. Now, a lot of people get caught up on this whole portion right here. It says, For those He foreknew, He also predestined. Okay. So here's the thing. Predestination, people want to really get hyped up on that and say that God like planned everything that ever happened. No, no, no. No, this is not it's predestined. It's like a pre-design. God gives a pre-design. For instance, um, if I have, um, you know, let's see. Let's, let's say I have some keys. The person who made this key right here, um, he, in his mind, He knew he was going to make something that opened the door, or something that started something. So he predestined, which means he designed, okay? So he knew, which was what he believed for, is what he's imagining. And then he designed, okay? That's predestined. See, God has designed all men to follow him. He's predestined all men to follow him, okay? But not all men choose him. He chose everyone, but not everyone chose him, okay? So God gave, uh, God has a design for us, okay? That's the point. But not everything that happens is the will of God. See, God doesn't desire that all men go to hell, okay? Or that anyone goes to hell. Check this out, Ezekiel chapter 33, 11 says, Say to them, as as I live, declares the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live turn back turn back from your evil ways for why would you die o house of israel so god has no pleasure in the death of the wicked All right but we already know that not everybody will actually receive jesus so the will of god the perfect will of god is that all men would come to know him but god's perfect will does not actually come to pass because the perfect will of god is that everyone would come to know jesus and as our lord and savior but not everybody does, because it says, I take no pleasure in the wicked, in uh, the death of the wicked. See, the will of God is his desire. Well, think about this. Willpower. People talk about that. I have willpower. What that means is I have a strong desire. And, that, and they're, they're hoping that their strong desire will overcome whatever issues they have. Okay, so God's um, will is his desire. If I die, I write a will. For my children. What it is is my desire. It's my final desires. See, God has a desire for every man and it desires that every man should repent and live, but not every man will repent and live. So we know that not everything that happens is God's will. We know that, but here's the thing. When we believe that everything that happens is God's will, we don't pray. We become passive. There's no reason to pray. I mean, why pray if everything that happens is God's will? Why preach the gospel if Everybody who's going to be saved is going to get saved. So we have to get to the point where we realize that not everything that happens is God's will. And it's it's bad teaching. People look in the scriptures and they find little words. And then they try to create entire doctrines off little words like the word predestination. No, predestination is God's original design. That's what predestination is. His original design. Check this out. John 3.18 For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. So, um, he said, the, the thing is, God does not desire that anyone should perish, but the truth is we're already condemned. And so we really need Jesus. Okay? God is the Redeemer, which means that He takes every bad situation and He can turn it into something good. Uh, But without faith and love toward God, the situation will continue on the course that it was determined to take uh, and to finish. God redeems our life in the pit. God usually isn't the one who puts uh, us in the pit in the first place. Okay, Usually that's us. Um, but he will get us out. Uh, Hebrews 11.1. 1. All right, so here's the thing, guys. Um, this calls us to another step. When we realize finally that not everything that happens is God's will, and that God has a will, Okay, but his will isn't fulfilled all the time. See, Jesus is the perfect will of God. Jesus fulfilled the perfect will of God. That's why He said, "I only see, do what I see my Father doing." Um, see, if we, if we if we have to be able to see what our Father's doing, if it, if it, why is it so important to know God's will? If if, if God's already going to do it, why do we have to hear His voice? If God's just going to, why does, why would God need us? You know, if everything that was going to happen was God's will, see, we play a very valuable role. We are actually designed to go and change the world for Jesus, and that's because we have to overtake and undo the will of Satan, and enforce the will of God, okay? Um, And the only way you can do that is faith, okay? So we're going to study that a little bit. Hebrews 11, 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction, that means being fully persuaded, the conviction of things not seen. So, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. That means that I really believe it, even though I cannot see it. Kind of like when we believe in oxygen. You can't see it, but you believe in it. Okay? Electricity, you can't really see it, but you believe in it. Okay, you're persuaded electricity is running through the house, you know. Um... That's what faith is. But see, we gotta get to the same point with God, that we know God's word, that no matter what we see, we still believe what we can't see, all right? Look, if you can see it, if you are able to see it, then it doesn't require faith. And so many people, because they don't have faith, that's just the answer, they don't have faith. They say, well, you know, we'll just pray God's will, Whatever happens, God's will. Because they don't want to mess up. They're afraid of messing up. They're afraid of, afraid of praying against God. Okay, first of all, um, that's just really a cop-out. People are just, they're not willing to go deep. They're not willing to read. Read the scriptures. If you want to know God's will, read the Bible. This right here. This is the perfect will of God. You want to know your, your, your promises? You want to know the perfect will of God? Get in this Bible right here. This is it. This is the whole thing right here. He reveals all of it to us, okay? It's so important. This is serious. This is the most serious thing ever. <coughs> this is the will of God right here. This is it. Um, if you can see it, then it doesn't require faith. And um, I mean, that's just the truth. So, uh, Hebrews 10.38 says, My righteous one will live by faith, but my righteous one shall not uh, but 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 if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. That means that you when you when you believe something you can't see and then you say it, like Elijah. Whenever he went with 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 uh, the prophets of Baal and he he said, God bring fire down. He saw it already before it happened. He believed and he stepped on it in faith and he didn't shrink back. If what you are doing does not require you to see something that's not there then what you are doing has nothing to do with faith. Okay? If what you're doing does not require you to see something that's not there, then what you are doing has nothing to do with faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. If you are waiting to hear a good report before you praise God for it, then you are relying on Faith, not God. Say that again. If you are waiting to hear a good report instead of praising God for it beforehand, then you are relying on faith. The luck of the draw, not God. Okay? Faith is active. Okay? It's not something that um, comes after. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I believe that. No, that's, that's cheating. Faith looks at the man with a broken leg and says, when I pray for you, God's going to heal you. And then you pray for them, and then God heals them. When you pray for the guy, and you didn't know he was going to be healed, and then he does get healed, and you say, oh look, God healed you. That's not faith. Okay? Because you really didn't have faith. Okay, the problem is, people, um... <clears throat> The, the things happen like, oh, uh, like, a, like Cap and chance Well, somebody um gets healed of cancer or whatever, but nobody actually went over there and laid hands on them, right? And so then they say, oh, well, God healed them. Why? Because they want to, they're, they're scrounging for a miracle. No, the miracle is when you said it's going to happen because you believe God and then it happened. That's the miracle. That's undeniable. Nobody can argue with that. Okay. Okay. That's, that's what it is. It's another level, okay? I mean, there's nothing wrong with giving God glory for good things that happen, because the scripture says very clearly that all good things come from the Heavenly Father, uh, and, and so the Father of Lights. So we we do have to give God glory for every good thing that happens. But my point is, you can't take credit for having faith for it, because the truth is somebody else probably had faith for it, and you just didn't see it. Maybe they were in their prayer closet praying for the person and their faith actually trumped your unbelief. Okay, we've got to get to the point where we believe what we do not see more than we believe what we do see. Okay? Are you making decisions based on what the Word says or based on what the spies say? Based on what God says or the experts say? So when the people of Israel went, um, up to the land of Canaan. They sent 12 tribes, 12 spies from each tribe. Uh, I mean, 12 spies, one from each tribe. And 10 spies went out, and two two spies went out. And uh, when they came back, 10 spies said, Oh, we can't take the land. We we're like grasshoppers in their eyes. And only two spies said, We can do it. And you know why they said that? Because God had already said that they would. He said, we're, God had already told them, I'm going to give you the land. But the 10 spies dependent on their observation and what they saw more than they depended on what God said in his word. Therefore, King James Version calls it an evil report, that they brought back an evil report. Why was it evil? Because it was contrary to the report of God. See, God's report speaks something that's not there. See, when they went to the land, there were these giants. But God had already said, I'm going to give you the land. Despite what they saw, they should have believed the word of God. So the same thing, we go to doctors, and doctors tell us things. And you know, I heard somebody say something the other day, um, where uh, they said, "Well, if you know, I know we prayed for the person, um, but I don't want them to test this thing out because the, the doctor said that um, if if they put too much, if, if they if they put too much stress on it." then he could damage them for life. And immediately, the word came out of me, and I said, well, that's a lie, because it's contrary to the word of God. You know, we have to get to the point where we refuse to accept the life of the enemy, despite, no matter who it comes from. Heck, it could come from your pastor. If it's a lie from the enemy, don't receive it. If, it's, if it comes from the doctor, don't receive it. You know, it's, it, it, the only reason, if you're going to go to the doctor and get a diagnosis... Okay? It's just so you know what to pray for. I mean, don't use the doctor to tell you whether or not you're healed or not. I mean, only God can tell you whether you're healed or not. The doctor is just going to observe what God's already said. Get that? The doctor can only observe. He can't tell you truth. God can tell you truth. Man, that's a good word. That is a good word. The doctor can't tell you truth, guys. He can only tell you what he sees. But truth isn't always what you know. Truth isn't always what you see. Truth is truth. And we've got to believe the truth. The truth is God's word, period. Doesn't matter what your experience is, okay? This is awesome. If you're relying on the spies or the experts, then you have set your hopes on something inferior. And you will not see the deliverance of God. Learn from the Israelites they came back and trusted the report of the of the 10 experts the 10 spies and they wandered the desert for 40 years and never entered the promised land because they didn't believe the word of god okay faith um you're uh, uh, you if you do this if if you do this your your faith will be an expert and not god okay and that's not good you know um we, we can't trust doctors more than we trust God. Sometimes we have to remove the things that we're bound to. We have to remove the things that we're trusting so we can literally trust God. We've got to remove those crutches, you know, so we can trust God. Okay. But you know, um, God is so good. Really, He's so good. And He's so merciful um, when, we ha- when we have lack of understanding. But our people still die for lack of understanding. So it's important for us to get in the Word and really know what God's Word says and believe it. So you know, if you're praying for some, if you're praying for something and somebody comes against you and speaks something that's negative or, or doesn't have any faith in the statement, you know, you just keep on believing the Word of God until you go back to that doctor, and so he, the doctor, can confirm what God's already said in your heart. Okay. So I mean, that's, that's another good reason to go to the doctor. But we have to we have to be careful that we don't um, put too much weight on what that doctor says. We have to put all of our weight on what the word says. Okay. Um, uh, if you do that, um, see what happens is when people um, put their 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 faith into what the doctor says, um, uh, what they do is they wait. They wait for the results, and then to protect their faith, you'll see um, that uh, they'll react. They'll react to the good report and then they'll praise God. If you weren't praising God before the report, then you didn't have faith. This is called a welfare clap. When we praise God after something happens and we didn't really believe for it, it's a welfare clap. God doesn't really appreciate those. Okay, so we gotta be careful about doing that. We need to, faith is proactive, not reactive. Let me say that again. Faith is proactive, not reactive. Um, Oh yeah, I believed in God. I trusted in God and that's why this happened. No. Faith is proactive. That means you say something before it happens, and then it comes to pass. That's faith. Okay? For instance, faith should shift the mountain. The mountain shouldn't shift your faith. So if you watch that mountain it jumps, Oh, oh yeah, I believe that. No, that's 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 not true. That's not faith. Faith is seeing that mountain move before it moves. Faith shifts the mountain. Mountains don't shift your faith. If it did, then you didn't really have faith. You just had an opinion. You didn't really have faith. You just had... You just had a... superficial observation. A superficial revelation. We have to have a deep revelation of God's Word. That God's Word triumphs over every situation. Over every experience. Uh to give you an illustration of this god writes up a blueprint this is the blueprint right here okay but let me let me show you okay so what happens is people they always they 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 a lot of times they base their faith off their experience so let's say i go to a patch of land and there's not a building there okay well based off my observation i would say man nobody wants to build here okay so based off the the experience i would say man nobody really wants to build here oh this is just a um a junk land, or this doesn't have any purpose. I would I could look at the back the patch of land and say all these things based off my experience, okay? But let's say there's a building project really going on, and there's an architect, and that architect is writing a blueprint as we speak. He's writing that blueprint, it's been written now, and then there's a builder that's gotta go out there and start building. It goes out there and starts building, but you don't see much happening for a long time. People driving by and they're kids, man. There's nothing going on there, man. Look at That's just a patch of land. Look at all those piles of nothing, man. And people don't, they, they can't see it. Why? Because they don't know their blueprint. They don't have the blueprint in front of them. So the, how could they imagine what's going to be there? Okay, all they see is, in fact, as time goes by, let's say that there's there's some demolitions going on. Maybe they're rebuilding something, and some demolition's happening. People look at it, they're like, "Oh man, that looks ugly, that looks awful. Man, that must be What if somebody was to drive by a construction job, look at an unfinished product, and say, "Well, that must be God's will." I mean that must be the architect's will. Look, look at man, look at that great pile of wood over there. Um, the architect, he really knew what he was doing, or man, the architect, he's got a perfect hand in all this. You know what I mean? We cannot base our experience, base our faith off of our experience, guys. You cannot look at a pile of rubble and say that that's the architect's dream or that that's the architect's perfect will for the situation. You can't look at a patch of land and say, oh, there's nothing built there. That must be the perfect will of the architect because that's what's come to pass. That's how I understand it. No, you know, if you want to know the architect's perfect will, you pull out the blueprint and you say, what does he really want? But you know what people do they don't pull out their blueprint they look at their experience instead of the blueprint they look at the experience instead of this blueprint right here and they say well that must be god's will or maybe it's not god's timing or whatever nonsense they have to say okay no this right here you want to know god's will somebody okay so if somebody's in a wheelchair doesn't have any legs what's the perfect will of god for that person The perfect will of God for that person is that it's brought two legs out and he can walk perfectly now. Because the Word of God says that he refreshes my bones. He restores my life. Look, if God can create a man out of dust, he can grow back limbs. Okay? So, we're a new creation. There's all kinds of things. You just got to go through your Bible, man. If you want to know the perfect will for something, you got to look at the blueprint. So let's say that a man goes cheats on his wife even beats her, whatever, you know what I mean? We can look at it all and say, oh, she's got good reason to leave him. But God's perfect will, right here, read your Bible. God hates divorce. God cares about forgiveness, reconciliation, healing, perfect union, co-laboring, peace. The perfect will of God is that that completely messed up relationship be completely restored. That's the perfect will of God. But you know what we do? We look at our experience. Oh, it's too hard. Just leave him. No, get on your face and pray for him. Pray for him. You know, we've got to get to a point, guys, where we, we are not looking at our experience and looking at what we see with our eyes or what we feel in our body or what we hear or what we understand. And we have to say, you know what? What's the blueprint say? What does this blueprint say right here? What's the perfect will of God? And then pray it into existence. Prayer is just agreeing with God's will. It says that in the Word. It says, if you pray anything according to my will, I'll give it to you. This is the will of God right here. So God wants them healed. So pray it. That's the perfect will of God. You see what I'm saying? So guys, you know, just be encouraged. Um, Fate is not God's will. God's will doesn't just happen. God's will is waiting behind that gate. Waiting for you to release it. Because God's trusting you with his kingdom. That's why Jesus tells us, pray like this, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Why would he ask us to pray for that if there wasn't some purpose behind it? You're supposed to release the kingdom of God into this world. You are supposed to release the perfect will of God into this world. When you see a drug addict, you go pray for him, and you curse the drug addict. I mean, you curse the addiction off the drug addict, okay? And then you say, I release freedom into your life and you, you set them free that's the purpose when you see a, a couple struggling and, and they're and they're about to get a divorce you pray over them that all their pride and and, and lack of forgiveness and then'll they'll be full of mercy and peace and kindness and generosity you just pray love over the over the relationship because it's the perfect will of God you must agree with the will of God and then you'll get it So anyway guys Go be blessed. Don't fall for the lies. You know, you know how you know it's a lie? It doesn't match up with this. That's it. If you hear something kind of come out of somebody's mouth, it doesn't match up with this, it's a lie. You can cast it aside. Y'all be blessed.